0: What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Live. Ronnie, uh, we are back. I see you on the computer screen. We are not in the office and we took a brief hiatus just making sure we get the audio situation right for all you guys so the quality of our show uh, maintains what it always was. But uh, Ronnie, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. A lot of cancellations to high school tournaments and Club tournaments, um, a lot of kids losing exposure opportunities. I hope you're feeling well. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, glad to be back. I'm sure we're on. This is Pod sixty one, right? So 51, yep. It's kind of rolling along. Uh, thanks for people for uh, who are listening in. Kind of after our break, you know, it's been obviously a crazy couple of weeks. I feel mostly for two twenty guys that are borderline. The D1, D2 guys that uh, needed the, that last push. Even the last few high school games might have been big for a few guys. Yeah. Like the guys I'm thinking of, like Josh Williams from Sheldon, you know, like yeah, he's really good. I think he's a really good player. Like maybe he has a good game against Sierra Canyon or something that could help him. But also sure. the guys in the spring. So basically the spring is gone. Yep. I mean, there's going to be no live spring. A lot of the um, shoe circuits – Are going to cancel even into May, so now we're looking at June. So hopefully, our guest today kind of give us a little more insight on that, and we we get some uh, good nuggets about what could possibly happen, and then also maybe what you can do to meaning some of the audience, you know, to help themselves in this uh, once in a lifetime uh, type of type of times we're we're in here. Um, In terms of you know high school. You know you come look at it. say, okay it's it's march uh ninth was that Monday, so there was a lot of games on that March seventh. That's when it started getting crazy, right? Sheldon's game got uh delayed, right. we go to that Monday, and then ODowd is like El Doubt in Dublin is thinking they're gonna play then wait a minute, Sheldon's back in. so now that is um Wednesday the eleventh or or the twelfth. Yeah. You know, so the uh, when when you get there, it's like, okay, what's really gonna happen at that time, Devin, did you already know, okay, these got everybody's up against the clock, or did you just think, okay, it's getting worse? I already knew the clock was racing on every state, but I mean, I don't think everybody knew that just then yet. Like let's say March twelfth, March eleventh around that time.
0: Well, I mean, let me and you watched that Sierra Canyon game at my yeah. house, and that that was my. Kind of way of being like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take this thing a little bit seriously since you and I had been in so many gyms with so many people and so many different people yeah. shaking hands, and I'm like, man, no, I, I think I'm gonna sit this one out because it continued to get worse and worse um, overseas, right? I mean, that's where yeah. where we saw the the bigger um, impact at first, and yeah. now it's you know it made it way it, it made its way here, and you know we're kind of in the middle of this, but like you said, a lot of kids lost exposure opportunities whether it's unsigned seniors or under the radar um rising seniors which is the class of 221 they lost a lot of opportunities uh to get exposure this spring um and you you know ronnie a lot of unsigned seniors play in the spring now to get that that last couple events of exposure to college coaches and those kids um lost out on those opportunities and and the kids also lost out um playing in state championship games um California obviously canceled all of their state championship games, as did many states who uh, hadn't played uh, across the country. Geico Nationals is, is canceled, so there's more lost opportunities. So it was um, it, it's unfortunate for, like you said, the under-recruited or under-the-radar seniors who lost out on the, their state championship opportunity or an opportunity to get another layer, another weekend, another event of exposure. Um, yeah so how do you remedy that you really don't we're going to talk to a handful of uh, club coaches and then uh, a high school coach and one of the the more interesting things I'm looking forward to hearing from them is how they're you know maybe you know taking their the their outreach or how they recruit you know colleges to recruit their guys if they've taken that up to another level uh, especially for the unsigned seniors so uh until we get into that, um, Ronnie, you dropped the Fab 50, the final Fab 50 national rankings on ballislife.com uh, earlier this week. And um, Montverde Academy finished out number one, I think. Was that a wire to wire?
1: Uh, actually, the yeah. first one at IMG yeah, started number two, yeah, because they had lost to IMG last year, and then yeah. also, you know, IMG were thinking, okay, Jaden Springer, a good really good player, who, but they didn't really have a true facilitator. I think that might have been their difference this year. Jaden has to score, and then they didn't have Jalen Johnson, which people thought yeah. they would the whole right. season. So
0: the, final, the, the final five teams here, Ronnie, it's number one, obviously Montverde Academy from uh, Florida, then Wasatch Academy from Utah. Uh, number three was Sunrise Christian Academy from Kansas. Uh, number four, yeah. Denon the Catholic from Maryland, and number five was – IMG also out of Florida. Um I like this breakdown too, Ronnie, because you did like potential Geico matchups. Yeah. That could have happened if things didn't get canceled. Um which one of those matchups might have been the most intriguing for you know maybe a big shakeup within the Fab fifty?
1: Yeah, I think when you look at Wasatch and IMG, uh, which would be the two seven. Okay. The seeds. Wasatch come in as two. I have IMG higher than uh, most of the other rankings just because I simply think they're the only team that played Montverde within 20 this year. So they lost by eight at <laughs> of Palms. You know, they only – one team <laughs> played within 20. That's crazy. And, and yeah, so maybe IMG wasn't as quite as good as we thought in the preseason, them being the defending champs or whatever. But, um, you know, they were terrific in terms of, uh, th- that being a good game, they lost by eight points. So I think them having experience at that event, them being up for that event, teams being more healthy. Um, I think that that could have been a game that they could have got by if Wasatch wasn't, you know, hundred percent, um, healthy on their end because Maddie Sissoko still have a, having a little bit of a, uh, Issues with his with his hand or with some injury, you know. Michigan State bound forward, so that's a game where I look at the, that. That uh, they could have advanced. So if they if they would have advanced, let's just say IMG wins, then they place the winner of Sunrise Oak Hill. And I think any of those teams on that side, whether it's IMG Sunrise or Oak Hill, they they think they can get to the final. Right. You know, Sunrise at number three. Oak Hill has a lot of experience. Remember, Oak Hill with the team they had, I think they were. Um, a little more cohesive than last year. Last year they relied on uh, Cole Anthony to do a lot, and sometimes that worked great. Sometimes that didn't work great. I think this mm-hmm. year they're more balanced. They took better shots. They had better chemistry. And even though last year they were still one three-pointer away from beating LaLamir in the semifinal, I mean Cam Thomas got a good opening look. It just it just rimmed off. Yeah. So I mean, they had a lot of chance, a lot of chances. I think to put themselves in position. Where they could have got deep in that final, that tournament, and then they were also in the um, in the in the opposite of Montverde. So any team that's opposite of Montverde is probably thinking, okay, we can, you know, we have a chance. So I, I look at that first matchup as kind of setting the tone for the whole bracket. Now, when you look at the at the rankings, uh, you know, Dematha's not in the in the in the fat in the uh, Geico, so they're right. number four, but they got uh, Alhambra canceled. So Alhambra tournament included St. Francis number eight. It included Gonzaga. It, it, so it, it included some good teams. But the thing is Montverde easily beat DeMatha. I mean, beat just rolled right through them. So there's no way that, uh, you know, even if Montverde would have lost a bit, a big upset, that they were going to fall lower than Damatha. So the champion was going to come from Geico because right. Montverde had easily beat DeMatha. So it's not like all the, there were, could have been some upsets and then DeMatha would have rose to number one. Montverde still would have been in front of, of DeMatha just because that was like a 20-some-odd point game. So okay. the champion would have came from that event, and it would have been interesting to see. Now, would it have been a coronation? Like, this is one of the best teams ever. They win three games by 15 or 20 points. Or because they're playing three good opponents, you know, basically in 72 hours... My feeling is with that, playing three good opponents in 72 hours, that changes things a little bit. I think there would have been a close game. One of those games would have been close. That would have been very interesting. I I still think Montverde the heavy favorite in each game, but just the dynamics of playing three games in a row compared to, you know, what, two or three games a week, Devin, you know, where it's spread out, that changes the dynamics. It would be similar to, you know, Sierra Canyon playing Etiwanda, Rancho Christian, and, you know, uh, Corona Centennial in 72 hours. it could Something can yeah. happen. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of California state teams, obviously Sierra Canyon finished the top team in the state of California. Where did the others fall in that um, in that order, Ronnie?
1: Yeah. So Sierra Canyon checked in at 17, right behind Bloomington South, which is a undefeated team again. In Indiana, they didn't finish. So, Devin, 37 out of the 50 teams technically didn't finish. So, that's – I mean, this COVID-19 thing uh, really affected a lot in terms of the final rankings. Like, there's all these scenarios – a million scenarios that could have happened that would never took place. Actually, California is one of the larger states that actually got through. New York didn't get finished. Obviously, New York got hammered that week. Yeah. Yeah. It started snowballing really big in New York. And then you know Cuomo declared a state of emergency. So New York wasn't gonna finish, uh, Texas didn't get to finish. So California was actually the ones that their top teams actually played each other. So meaning Eduana got knocked out on the court. Uh so edwana finished 24. Okay. They lost an early game to Heritage Christian, which you saw, and then they lost three times to Sierra Canyon. Yeah. So no team there. Yeah,
0: and that that last loss to Sierra Hurricanes that we watched, Ronnie, they gave up a a, a thirteen point lead within the last Man. few minutes of that fourth quarter, and uh, it was just yeah. it was a, it was a collapse that they want to forget.
1: Yeah, so they got done with their season. Um, obviously, the next California team in uh, modern day, they got done with their season. They lost to Edgewooda. They were forty one, so they lost on that Saturday. Which would have been um, the seventh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a bunch of events that weekend, and people were still going to events, still milling around. And then, uh, like you said, quote, you know, for lack of a better term, all hell broke loose. Yeah, Childen finished. Childen didn't get to finish its season. They no. didn't get to finish their last two games because right. of the craziness with the El Grove Unified School District. So they didn't get to play Old on that Thursday. They never, you know, and there was no way they were going to make it to Saturday after the Rudy Gobert uh, NBA debacle at the at the Golden One Center on that Wednesday. That was on a Wednesday. It was over. I mean, CIF announced the decision on Thursday morning, but I mean, it was it was over. (laughs) You were
0: you were you were halfway to uh, Oakland by then, trying to go see that. That uh, uh, was that who was it? Sheldon O'Dowd, right?
1: Sheldon O'Dowd would have got canceled Sacramento and they got canceled on that Thursday. So, Sheldon beat uh, modern day, so they they are above them. Um, Sheldon had a couple losses when they had a couple guys out. One game they had like four starters out uh against uh, consumes Oaks, but uh, they did very very well. They lost to Gorman in in the semifinal of Tarkanian. Gorman finishes uh, one spot behind Etiwanda at 25. They were able to finish. Um, Georgia was able to finish. So uh, Grayson got upset and knocked out of Geico uh, by Wheeler. So Wheeler finishes 23, Etiwanda 24, Gorman 25, Grayson 26. So uh, those are a few teams that actually got to finish. Like I said, 37 teams didn't. And that doesn't mean they all want state titles. That just means that they had either – a Catholic tournament still to play in or Geico or you know, yeah, yeah, some 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 kind of postseason event, uh okay. mainly Alhambra or Geico. But yeah, I mean Geico in seven teams were in the top ten. So I mean that would have changed the order a, a lot, you know. So it's very interesting how the coronavirus affected the season pretty much all over, except uh, you know, a few states, Devin, um Louisiana, Nebraska, a few. Four states actually got in their games on that Saturday, which would have been the fourteenth. After all that madness, they either did it with no fans or like yeah. with very little fans, but yeah. they were able to crown the state champions. And I haven't—we haven't heard anything where like uh, lawmakers are all pissed off, or all—all all these students got sick or nothing. So I—I I, I mean, I think it to play without fans at that point was not the end of the world. They did it. Move on. They're young kids. And I'm sure they're happy that they got to finish. Yeah.
0: hopefully, hopefully that you know yeah. those worked out for for the best, and you know yeah. it's good that you know they they were able to get those games in. Um, and it's good to hear no you know no serious reports of those causing any kind of outbreak or whatnot. But, uh, yeah. Ronnie, th- there's a question that's been floating around, and I want to get your take on this before we bring on our first guest in a few minutes here. Everyone likes to debate, you know most dominant high school teams of all time. Sure. Um, um, This Montverde team is in that discussion. No doubt. No doubt in your mind. Um, Where do they fall? I mean, they have a loaded team with the guy like Ken Cunningham, Moses Moody, Scotty Barnes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Where do they fall? Uh, You know, they they finished undefeated. Obviously, they didn't, you know, get to test themselves at the Geico level. Um, we have the Chino Hills team that went thirty-five and zero and won an open division championship in California. We have all those great Dominguez teams um, in the early two thousands. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Where, where do you fall in that in that uh, debate?
1: Yeah, I think um, overall, when you just highline real quick, is they're in the discussion as one of the best teams of all time. I think they're. On a list, they would be higher than that Chino Hills team only because Chino Hills won three or four games right at the wire, okay, including one against Montverde.
0: Yeah,
1: and they also beat Jefferson of Brooklyn right at the wire. Uh, Lonzo Ball saved Jello's butt on like he wasn't paying attention and he blocked the shot, you know, like near the near the rim, so, <laughs> you know, on an inbounds play. Like Jefferson had a chance to win that game on an inbounds play, which is the first round of the of the of the City of Palm. So
0: yeah,
1: um. Yeah, from that dominant standpoint, I think they're one of the top five or so teams. I think uh, we we're going to have a, a pod, one of these future pods. We're going to get on some of the some of the uh, people who were involved would be closely involved in this. So hopefully, we'll get on a guy from like one of the great Oak Hill teams and even one of the great Dunbar teams. So I think for the comparison for them would be the team that I saw as a youngster would be the '93 Oak Hill team. They too had a dominant like. Uh, a winning margin so they won like at about uh 37 points was the the gap oak uh oak hill's team in 93 had jerry stackhouse jeff mcginnis they were big too Devin. Mm -hmm. big like six nine six ten and and had deb so i think that's a team that compares to this team with Daron sharp okay and and cade you know um you know i see jeff mcginnis is not exactly like cade but then again they don't necessarily have a wing like jerry stackhouse right Um, They have a good team and uh, a deep team. So I think that's the comparison there. Then when you talk about what they might do later, obviously you get into the 83 Dunbar team, and they too had a huge um, point per winning margin. You know, winning margin, it was like about 36. Very interesting how close those teams are. You know, Montverde 39, uh, Hill 37, Dunbar 36. Uh, Dunbar didn't have the size of... Oak Hill, and either they don't have nobody like Dayron Sharp or, or mm-hmm. the depth that this Montverde team may have inside. But I think you're going to look out to see, are these guys going to develop down the line later? I think that's what makes that Dunbar team so good is how good – and we've discussed it many times on one of our previous pods. Uh, we've mentioned them many times, how good they became. So I think that's going to be the team that they're going to be compared to down the line. Like, is Scotty. Cade and maybe, maybe it's Moses Moody. Is somebody yeah. off the bench going to be a big NBA player, Devin? That could be probably, you know, you know, how, yeah. you know how the NBA thing yeah. works. It's like yeah. the guys who are
0: the stars in high school sometimes don't pan out, and then yeah. there's sometimes guys who are, you know, second fiddle
1: or bench guys who end up, you know, getting better or hitting yeah. a growth bird or whatever. Yeah, I know that you didn't get it. We all didn't get a chance to see those, those, those potentially three games like at, uh. At Geico, but Caleb Houston, I think it's going to be a star from Montverde. You're, yeah? yeah. yeah, You're going to see yeah, out, yeah, how good he is going to be down the line. And again, yeah. all these guys average besides Cade and Scotty, all these guys average between like eight and 11 points per game. You know, they had, I think, uh, six or seven guys average over eight points a game. And that kind of shows how good they are because that similar to that 83 Dunbar team, they had a bunch of guys that average eight, nine, you know, Muggsy Bogues averaged seven points, like crazy, twelve assists, and like seven steals. You know, it's ridiculous. So, right, right. I I think they are. To answer your Highline question, and hopefully we can go in more in depth on this in the future. I think they are in that in that top five to to, to seven boat. You know, of teams. Obviously, we can pull up a few others, and uh, some other teams had the advantage, especially that Oak Hill team of playing colleges, which this Montverde team didn't. So
0: if I have to put you on the spot right now, um, and you, the, the, the greatest high school basketball team you've ever seen, it, uh, in person who, who, which team would you pick?
1: Uh, I think I would pick that Oak kill team right now. Okay. Um, because again, what does Montverde do in these three games? Um, what does Montverde do in these three games that they didn't get the chance to play? Again, I think that's what. People are gonna look back on COVID-19 and be like, what if, you know? Yeah. Not necessarily for just Mont Verde for the whole, whole spectrum. You yep. know, it affects a lot of things, whether it's uh, club ball, uh, you know, state championships. Would any of you know, will Sheldon have been able to play or Odell been able to play the Sierra Canyon? On paper, we say probably no, but you we never, will never know. You never know.
0: We will never know. And I believe we have our first guest on the line. Uh, Russell Payne of Los Angeles, you got you.
2: Yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing?
0: Good man. How are you doing? You staying healthy?
2: Yeah. Yes, I am staying healthy, safe, uh, obviously quarantine inside my house, just go outside for some fresh air, um, some activity, um, and stay inside try to try to be healthy and, uh, stop the spread of COVID-19. How are you guys?
0: Doing well, doing well. Uh, let me get into this first question here for you, Russ. Um, what's kind of been the, the most trying or most difficult part of, of navigating all of this COVID-19 stuff um, with not only Los Angeles Elite, but also your high school program?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll start with our high school program. So for uh, West Torrance, uh, we just, I just finished up my second year there. Uh, boys were incredible. Uh, won the Pioneer League Championship. Uh, Had a close first-round game against a very well-coached Los Osos team. Um, And, you know, I think for our high school, usually what I do is after the season, we give them a break until after uh, the spring break uh, session, which um, actually starts next week. We were supposed to have our banquet March 27th, um, and that was one of the things that we weren't able to do because of COVID-19, is kind of close out our season um, send our seniors off the right way, uh, give everyone their team awards, and just celebrate as a family and as a program together. So, um, obviously, as soon as this is done, that's the first thing on my agenda uh, in regards to West Torrance. And then, you know, spring workouts right now uh, for our kids aren't a priority. I think with COVID-19 uh, basketball, it definitely takes to back, stand, you know, our kids and our players to be around their their families and uh, really focus on the remote learning that they've been going through and finish out the year strong. For a lot of people, uh, learning remotely is not the easiest thing in the world. You know, a lot of people need that classroom setting. So really having them focus on that. Uh, but the kids at West Hart, they're such good students. Um, so they make, obviously, my my job a lot easier to manage uh, when we're talking about academics in the basketball program. Um, for our club program, it's actually, you know, COVID-19 for club basketball, it's the worst timing uh, possible. We were just finishing out our last set of tryouts for our uh, premier teams. So we we locked in most of our players, but there were still some openings that we kind of had to just, you know, shut it off right then and there uh, because, you know, everything kind of announced and school started shutting down and um, people being with their families. And that, that was just more of a priority. So for us, we just check in with our guys, making sure they're healthy, making sure they're safe, making sure everything is going well, um if they have any questions and then the biggest thing right now is you know is is recruiting pushes for class of 2020 guys and then helping with the 2021s and just getting their names on coaches lists uh, and doing it that way
0: that was my next question was are you kind of um you know taking your outreach and and recruiting efforts for your unsigned seniors and class of 221 players to like another level higher than what you would have if if we were playing regular tournaments and things like that
2: I wouldn't say higher. Okay. You know, I think, you know, myself and our staff does a really good job of pushing our players to all levels. You know, for us, it doesn't really matter, D1, D2, NAI, D3, JC. College basketball is college basketball, and it's all a blessing. So we've just done things a little differently. Uh, we always do email blasts. We always do text to college coaches and calls. Uh, but now it's just really having everything in order for these college coaches. So every time I talk to a college coach, We don't ask – we don't just kind of give them our player list. We ask them what they need, what they're looking for, what academic level they need for their players. Um, And then as soon as we know of players that meet their criteria, we send over all of their information, their transcripts, their test scores, their film. Uh, We have highlights available. We have full game available. And then, you know, I always connect uh, high school coaches with um, our club program as well because I think it's really important that the high school coaches are involved with their players' recruitment and they can give a different perspective on the player. You know, with club basketball, we see them two to three times a week at most. Uh, high school, they see them six days a week. So uh, just making sure high school coaches are involved. And at this point, it's a little difficult for the class of 21 um, because the transfer, uh, you know, re- regulations and the transfer portal have changed this year with people being uh, uh, eligible immediately. Uh, so that that's just making sure coaches now are just asking, hey, can you tell me your best available guys? So we're just sending over our rosters and anyone that sticks out to them, we give them more information.
0: That makes sense, Russ. And I know you guys do a really good job of uh, placing your players at the, the the right levels and, and things of that nature. Um, But do you think this will kind of, how how do you think it will ultimately affect, you know, independent programs? I know you play on some Adidas circuits and, and other, uh, you know, different uh, platforms, you'd love to the same as say, a team on the EYBL or a team fully sponsoring the Adidas uh, free SSB circuit. Uh, what, what challenges are you going to see when it comes to, to budgeting and, you know, losing out on all of these, these tournaments?
2: Of course. Of course. I think um, with club basketball, it's obviously a little different with our platform. So yes, we are on the Adidas circuit. We're a gold program all the way across, but for us, uh, within being a Adidas Gold program. It's just a platform, right? It's just a level that you get to play against the competition. But we don't get any free gear. We don't get any money. We don't get anything that can kind of help us uh, set ourselves up financially or help the kids. So what we do is obviously, you know, every program, or most programs, I'm sorry, they charge. So we were starting our process. At this point, we just put everything on hold. We stopped collecting payments. Um, for those that are, that are in need of financial help, we're going to go ahead and help them as well uh, with that. Uh, but for budgeting, I think it's how you were before COVID-19 that's going to set you up for how you are after, right? Making sure if you're organized, if you had your schedule planned, if you had your budget in line, then kind of managing this this uh, pandemic is going to be a little easier. So for us, we're pretty organized as far as financials and scheduling and uh, players and gear orders. So we just kind of halted everything because we don't know how long this might last, you know? I right. mean, at first we're thinking, oh, yeah, maybe we can plan May. That would be great. Because maybe they can move the two April periods, one to May, maybe an extra one to July, and it would be awesome. But at the rate that this thing is picking up, we might not have summer AU basketball. And I think for us as a program, you want to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. So for us, we're just kind of, uh, you know, just staying idle, uh, not doing anything as far as purchasing or collecting money from families, because we feel like if, we not, if we're not going to have a season, then we have to send everyone refunds, which is perfectly fine and we're okay with. At this point, basketball um, is obviously in the back seat in regards to, to health and family safety. And uh, this has affected over 10 million Americans losing work. Um, so I think, you know, just looking at all of the variables and seeing how we can help out our families, not just on the court, because now there is no on the court help. It's all off the court and, and seeing where we can step in as more of a family and not just a basketball program.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Ronnie, you want to jump in here with anything? Yeah. Coach, uh, just along those lines of what you're saying about. Uh, just helping people. And this is a non-basketball issue too. Have you talked to any coaches, meaning travel coaches are like, coach, you know, man, we're going to be struggling with this. Like everybody obviously has optimism, but have you talked to anybody that's like, man, we're going to, we don't know what we're going to do here. If we don't, you know, have a team, if we don't start playing in an event, maybe in June or something. Have you talked to anybody that's not really in the position you are in terms of, it's just going to
2: change for them completely when this thing starts back up. Yeah. I haven't talked to anyone directly. I also think that a lot of people aren't going to share that information very freely sure. uh, as it's it's a hard topic to discuss. I, I think the most important thing is every club program is going to be struggling after this, right? Um, yeah. Every sports program, not just basketball, baseball, soccer, volleyball, whatever it is, they're all going to be struggling. Um, one of the biggest signs for me that I knew this was serious is uh, we were supposed to host a tournament the weekend of March 13th and March 14th. And that was right when school started shutting down and we decided to cancel our tournament. And it wasn't that big. It was like 50 teams. So we thought we were doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden we saw SCVBA, which is the Southern California volleyball association. They, they shut down every single one of their regional qualifiers that same weekend. And that program is, is gigantic in the club volleyball world. So, um, I think at this point, I can just tell you kind of uh, what we've been going through in our struggles. For us, you look at it from a program perspective. um, To pay for tournaments, you need money. To pay for gear, you need money. To, you know, do everything we need, you need operating money. But at this point, we've kind of just understood that there's help from the government. Um, There's help from the state of California. There's microloans that businesses can apply for. Uh, There's the SBA relief program. So we're just doing that to try to help out Um, our staff, our program, um, and just do the best we can to stay afloat. Russ,
0: to to close this out, um, what advice would you give to the parents and the kids who are, you know, 221s who are under the radar, who are, you know, kind of losing a lot of exposure opportunities this spring and summer and how, how they can put themselves in, in on the radar of a, of a college coach, whether it's a D2, D3 NAI or a junior college.
2: Of course, absolutely. I'm going to start with uh, Class of 2020 really quick. I forgot to mention that. So for Class of 2020, um, the kids obviously lost a live period last year, and they were supposed to play this spring and didn't get that. So uh, a lot of their stuff is based off high school film. So we've been sending all of that out. And I know it's tough, but a lot of these 2020 kids have to understand there is nothing wrong with junior college basketball. Um, I put out a tweet a couple days ago or yesterday about that, and I'm not sure how many of these kids have gone to a junior college game or a junior college practice. But it's such an incredible level of basketball, and it's, it's always undervalued. So I think 2020s, if they're not getting what they like from four-year schools or the financial aid package isn't enough, just invest in yourself uh, for junior college. For 2021, the number one thing that I'm telling parents is they all have their huddle film and, and, and games from this past season. So we're encouraging all of the players to go through and create their own highlight reel. So mm-hmm. it's you know, one to two minutes, making sure the music is clean making sure you include your GPA, you know your height, your weight, your school, all the you know pertinent information that you need. Um, and start with that and, and having them stay on top of their schoolwork. Now, when it comes back to high school season, it's going to be recruited a lot harder uh, than years past because AAU wasn't as big or wasn't as strong. So just making sure that they're prepared, making sure these kids are running, they're doing workouts inside their house. Um, they're staying as best they can and it on top of their game. I think that's going to be really important. You're going to see a lot of kids that are good basketball players that just don't come back with the same spark. And you're going to see a lot of kids that we really didn't know about that came back a lot stronger because they just took this time and used it wisely to develop their game. Um, and just telling everyone to stay patient. We tell all of our kids to stay patient. You know, most kids don't sign until after their senior year anyway, right? Everyone wants early offers. Everyone wants early recognition. Um, but it's a it's a waiting game. It's It's being patient with the process. Um, and being confident in your ability and whatever path you go down, making the most out of it.
0: Russ, great stuff, man. We appreciate you taking the time to come on this morning. Um, make sure to give Russ a follow on uh, Twitter at Coach underscore Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, and follow this program as well, Los Angeles Elite. They're doing really good things um, for you know kids of all levels. Russ, appreciate it, man.
2: Thank you, Coach. Absolutely. Thank you guys both.
0: Yep. Talk to you soon. Ronnie, really uh,
1: insightful stuff from Coach Payne there. Yeah. Um, it makes sense, you know. You got to, these coaches. The thing I took most from what he said is you got to, they're gonna have to help each other, like off the court, away from yeah. basketball, you know, because uh, it's gonna be tough. Everybody's gonna change. This is gonna change everybody a bit. I think me and you have talked about that before, Devin. Nothing's gonna be exactly the same as it was on March 1st, you know, like these things no. change, whether it's events, uh, capacity of events, uh cleanliness of events, uh, yeah. travel, maybe for regional teams like Russ's team and other teams like that, or, or teams that even that play completely independent, like they're not going to be going to events in Atlanta for what?
0: Yeah. they, already, they, already they already
1: need them, you
0: Yeah. Know? No need to risk that. Um, maybe this means that, um, people will not conglomerate next to me in the stands when I go sit up at the top by myself. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, our next guest, Ronnie, I want to let you know, um, if you didn't see, uh, we switched ATOPE and Rich Thornton. So Rich Thornton of, of Vegas Elite going to be calling in at 1130, and then we're going to have ATOPE at 1145 from Compton Magic. So just want to let you know to uh, make sure we're on the same page here. But I, I think Russ did a really nice job of articulating, you know, what 2020s and 221s can do whether they're under the radar, you know, potential low major or D1 guys, all the way down to, you know, guys who are unsigned seniors right now who could benefit from the junior college scene. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Ronnie? You know, uh, what kids can do, what parents can do to not, you know, use this opportunity to not lose the exposure, but, you know, gain exposure through whether it's sending video or or, um, connecting with college coaches and building relationships that way.
1: Yeah, I think um, right now would be a good time to uh, organize and make sure that you actually follow up on the things that people have been telling you to follow up before. I think people uh, a lot of times rely on a third party. Uh, I think it's a good time to learn how to write like a formal email. Sure. Do people, I see people forward me the weirdest things. Yeah. Want to check out this link. I'm like, which one? Like, what is like, you know, yo, introduce yourself with vital. Right. Like, hello, my name is, I'm a 221 at this high school. Here's my parents' contact, my contact. Like, just like a formal thing that makes sense. Like, write a little bit more and a little bit more clearer. Okay. I do a lot of things from people that are just like, good Lord, you're sharing this with a, a college or like somebody yeah. that you want to make a decision maker. So I yeah. think that's important. Uh, I think getting out, like Russ said, getting out a film, Whether it's last year or this year is is really important. Making a good highlight package is really important, Um, you know, and and how you presented with the best highlights first. Uh, I know I've seen, um, like, a lot of football coaches – just change the subject real quick, Devin. Like They're always saying – Highlight yourself on the on the screen. Highlight yourself on the screen. Like if you're not yeah, the, if you're, you know, the, yeah. Highlight yourself on the screen. So like I think it's important this time too, to make a quality uh you know highlight reel, uh not just a bunch of not all the shit in the warm ups and the, the dances and the warm ups like that's all great you know like that doesn't it doesn't I don't think it helps your scholarship chance, chances that much.
0: What do you mean a windmill dunk in warm ups doesn't help? Come on, show oh. them. if you want to bounce, Ronnie.
1: Yeah, so you know, just just that, you know, um you know, you gotta outreach and like he said, you gotta be have an open mind to where it is that you're what level you're gonna play at. Sure. You know, so yeah. um I think educating yourself on what the schools are that are D1 in maybe in your region. Do people don't even know all the school D1 schools in their region? I would almost a hundred percent.
0: Well and my here's my here's my thing yeah. about the D one or bus. Yeah. It's like some of these division one schools are just not the school yeah. that you wanna it's not the experience, yeah. it's not the the level, it's not the, the program you want. Some D two high D level D two schools are better programs than some, some low major D one schools to be
1: honest All with right. you. So yeah, that's you gotta know in other words, educate yourself to the school that that you want to uh, potentially play out and that you can play at that level.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Um, educating yourself on schools is really, this would be a really good opportunity to educate yourself on schools. And where they're located, what do they have to offer, that type of thing, you know? So yeah. I think that would be really well for people that are playing on, on, on lower levels or, like you said, are on that borderline, especially now.
0: Yeah, especially
1: um, go
0: ahead. I think we have our our second guest just popped in. Um, Coach Rich Thornton of Vegas Elite, also uh, on staff with Coach Grant Rice at Bishop Gorman. Rich, do we got you?
3: I'm here. What's up, fellas?
0: Hey man, you staying healthy?
3: As healthy as can be. Yeah.
0: Glad to hear it, man. Glad to hear it. So, what's kind of been? I mean, obviously, you know, UIBL stops are you know being canceled, postponed. You know, schedules are changing uh how are you adapting to this uh you know personally and then and then within your program with your players what what steps are you taking to kind of keep them engaged
3: you know it's it's crazy because there's really nothing that you can do right now i mean sure. we're we're not allowed i mean obviously we're not allowed to do anything uh nike doesn't want any of the teams to do anything until may if, if you know if if things are even okay by may Um, but you know, in the meantime, it's just, you know, just communicating with guys and and just hoping that they're doing little things around their house, you know, to, to stay in shape and to stay sharp. But it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough time for everybody. Um, it's really not much that anybody can do right now, but wait.
1: Yeah. uh, In Vegas, obviously you got public schools, you got the diocese and even some like, I guess would be boys and girls clubs. Is there any like facility where people could go in uh, by themselves, or are every like as far as you know every single like place where people uh, play basketball? Every
3: clubs? every single place in town is shut down. I mean, we, Vegas, elite. We we you know we we uh work out out of the the YMCA. Yeah. All of the YMCA's are shut down. You know any any of the twenty four hour fitnesses, all of the schools. They've even started, uh, you know, around around town. They're they're taking the rims off of the park rims. So, yeah. so so you know, there's really, you know, unless you got a basket at home where you know you can you can shoot at at home. Um, there's really not nothing that uh, you can do. So it's wow. it's kind of it's crazy, but I don't hey, know. I mean,
1: now, coach, like you mentioned, there's going to be nothing in May in terms of. EYBL sessions. Now, obviously, we don't know exactly when the country's going to kind of get rolling and get started again. Obviously, they want to do an EYBL session before Peach Jam. Um, um, And maybe that, you know, there could be all the teams involved at Peach Jam or even more than one. Um, How does that change your strategy for your program? Are you guys going to have potentially less teams this year and then next year you'll do your regular more of a regular schedule if everything's okay or you know how's that affecting you guys just on the schedule
3: you know we we had our first week of training camp and it was phenomenal we had all three teams going 15 16 and 17 and that was the goal for this year is to have teams at all three age groups this year and all three teams looked phenomenal and then the world just kind of stopped you know after that so you know it kind of just set everything back um The EYBL, I think, is is planning to do like uh, maybe one session in mid to late June, and then then an extended peach jam probably of about seven to 10 days around the same dates as planned in July, or possibly even spread the peach jam over two weekends, and every team will be invited, so it's not a, a, a situation this year where you have to qualify for peach jam, so it changes things a lot, you know. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate for the kids. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, it's just kind of just sit back and wait and, and see what happens.
1: Makes sense. Um, now, Coach, you've seen your program is obviously sponsored by a shoe company. And you've seen it grow. But you've also been in Vegas, and you've seen a lot of teams that don't have that opportunity or haven't grown their program to that level yet.
4: And, mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, how do you think this is affecting those teams and, and oh, even teams in other parts of the country where, you know, they're just barely operating on a shoe screen budget budget, or they don't have a big sponsorship for either uh, compensation or gear or whatnot. You know, how, how do you see that playing out? Or have you talked to anybody that's like, Hey, coach, Thorne, I'm we're struggling over here. We don't know what's going to happen to us. You know, have, you know, What's the kind of feel for that across Vegas and across the country?
3: Well, I mean, just from Vegas, uh, you know, it's just the unknown. Nobody knows what the heck is going to happen. So um, everybody's struggling you know, with everything. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's just so many unanswered questions. And, you know, this is unprecedented. So nobody knows what's going to happen. But um, I, it's got to be it's got to be tough the, the teams that, you know, the, the the non-sponsored teams, you know, I mean, a lot of times you got to go out, you got to hustle up and raise money. Well, there's nobody donating money to, to youth sports teams right now. So when yeah. it does get up and up and running and, and you you do, you know, have an opportunity to go travel, you know, once or twice out of state it's going to be tough for for some of these teams to get money together. It's always tough to do that no matter what, but it's going to be really tough now.
1: Yeah, definitely. You feel for those programs. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it right before you came online. It might be something where for a year or two, recruiting might be more regionalized and events might just be more regionalized. You know, kids got to figure out some of the colleges that they maybe didn't hear of in their their region and they might be a good fit for them you just don't see, you know, why does, like you said, a small independent team need to travel to Indianapolis or Atlanta or New York when it's obviously going to be tough.
3: Absolutely. Um, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, they, they probably do. Kids probably do need to start looking, you know, reasonably at some of the schools that are available. And I don't know, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about it before with, you know with with no recruiting this year for for the senior class and and 50 year uh grad transfers it's going to be tough for these kids and i i've heard a lot of people say and it probably makes a lot of sense that the JC route might be a a, a good route
1: yeah yeah, yeah it might be a boom for junior college basketball i mean people might really value the how good some of those players are and how good some of those programs could be so that definitely makes
0: I sense. Agree. Rich, before we definitely. let you go, before we let you go, if you were, you know, to give a piece of advice to a, an, you know, under the radar two hundred and twenty or a, or a two hundred and twenty-one kid who, you know, is missing out on exposure opportunities, what would you tell them um, on how to get onto a college college's radar?
3: Well, I would, you know, I would say when, when all things get back to normal, just to keep working on your game and just. And um, just keep working hard and and just keep the faith and and hope something falls into place it's this is a tough time for these these kids man it's it's so unfortunate, but um, I would just say just keep keep the faith and and just keep working hard.
0: Rich Thornton, appreciate it, man. Make sure you you guys, uh, our listeners, give a follow to Vegas Elite on on Twitter and and um, Instagram. Uh, one of the top programs on the West Coast and top program in Vegas. Rich, appreciate you coming on, man.
3: Devin, Ronnie, thanks. Good to hear from you guys. Hope you guys are safe. All right, talk Coach. to you soon. Yes, yep. sir. All right, now. Thank you. All right, later.
1: Devin, you hear uh, Coach Thornton there? He's like. I think he's more realistic like you know our guy Russ is just oh, so optimistic. I mean, Russ is yeah, no
0: Russ is like the the like happy go lucky guy, yeah. man. Every time every time you talk to Russ, he he puts me in a better mood.
1: Yeah, for sure. So then you talk to Rich and he's like, man, this is going to be tough for some of these guys, which it is. Like That's real. That's real. You know, some of these 220s are are for lack of better term devin, they're screwed. I mean, if you didn't yeah. get your looks in at the right places, yeah. You know what I'm, what I'm hoping this does for at least for 221s and maybe even unsigned. It's gonna be really late for 220s. Is hopefully they open up the fall. Hopefully there's some live fall action.
0: Sure. You
1: know, uh, I think that would make sense for to help these 220s, 221s. Um, another thing, Devin, we talked about it, and I just was gonna say it before Russ came on. If you look at 220 and, and the way it closed, we had six guys that were McDonald's All-Americans. Um, in California and Marcus Bagley. So that's seven guys at a pretty elite level. Yep. You know, whether you, which one do you like, it doesn't really matter. They're they're pretty elite. I mean, 221 doesn't have that. Just periods, point blank doesn't have that. There's not going to be six McDonald's All American no. from California. No, you know
0: I mean? the one guy, the one guy that immediately pops in, into my head is Peyton Watson, but
1: he's not, yeah, after, it's after one. That, yeah. Yeah. After that, I mean, you're right. Yeah. So I like, there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be some guys adjusting. There's probably going to be some guys moving to California. Like, there's going to be so much things happening. Everybody's in almost in the same boat. Like you said, except for uh, Issa Silva, Payne Watson, a few other guys, uh, you know, our guy from St. Bernard's, everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, Reese Dixon, yeah,
0: committed to SC. Uh, yeah. Malik Thomas also committed yeah. to USC. So maybe you see some more early commitments from some of these some of these players, but what what I hope happens from all of this and it, it could be wishful thinking though, is, is kind of the, the mid-level, mid-tier to lower tier, you know, quote unquote ranked guy or under the radar. People take their recruitment into their own hands and not rely yeah. solely on their high school coach or their club coach to do the outreach. Yeah. Kids nowadays are more than capable of learning how to create, their own scouting tape or highlight tape, Googling, you know, regional teams, you know, whether it's a, a low major D1 or whatever, any D, any school, uh, D2, NAI, D3, whoever, putting together a nice email, like you mentioned, Ronnie, yeah. and, and sending that off and, and sending the highlight reel, sending their height, weight, uh, you know, GPA, ACT, SAT scores when you can take those tests again and you know taking their recruitment into their own hands to make sure that they're not falling behind and not losing out on exposure opportunities what do you think
1: about yeah. that yeah Devin, that's what I'm, i was getting at earlier you have two months here to like yeah. to get your shit together yeah learn how to write a paragraph learn how to make an intro sense, learn how to write a business letter learn how to write a friendly letter like these are things when i was a kid and i'm sure when you were a kid like that's what we taught in school i'm not really sure the curriculum is that no more curriculum is now always about um, digital learning, but like that stuff is still important and can still be important at this time, you know? Like you yeah. said, taking it into your own hands a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Atope, I believe
0: we have Atop Udo Emma from Compton Magic on the line. We got you, A
5: Yes, sir.
0: What's up, man? I heard you I heard you just at the grocery store. What are you thinking, bro? You got your mask on?
5: Have my mask on, brother. Right. Have my All mask on.
0: All right, that sounds good, man. How you doing? Everything good?
5: Yes, doing awesome, man. Doing awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. uh, Coach, you know, you've been on uh, both sides of the grassroots spectrum in terms of directing a club program. You operate events, you know, kind of what's been your highline approach to all these changes? You know, what's the the main thing you're doing to communicate with your team, uh, you know, and your program?
5: Well, you know, it's crazy, guys, because, um, you know, the one thing that this pandemic has done is it's it's put a scare in a lot of the kids, right? So I can tell you like this from our program, um, like a couple of our kids uh, were, um, they're pretty highly rated recruits, Reese Waters and um, Malik Thomas. And I would say that if we were playing in the spring, you know, they wouldn't have committed as early, but since now this pandemic's happened and, you know, people don't know if they're gonna have a chance to um, showcase themselves or get any exposure, Uh, whether it be in the spring. We know the spring is dead, and people are hoping on July, but, you know, July could be dead as well. So now you have to figure out as a recruit, as a prospect, um, what makes sense in your recruitment now that you can't really market yourself in front of these schools. So I think a lot of the kids are thinking, like, okay, let me find out where my best fit is, where my best thing is so that I can – you know, basically go where I want to go before these other kids take up those spots. So right. I think that panic is going to really start to happen right now. It's already happening with my guys. Like the guys are just looking at what's real for them. And, um, like the crazy thing is, is, you know, like I was on uh, two zoom meetings last week with Issa's family and we just have a lot going on, but the kids are like thinking differently in this recruitment process because they're not going to be able to market themselves.
0: That's interesting. <clears throat> I know a guy, um, also went d two from your program recently. Uh, DJ Jackson at Awanda committed to Cal Poly Pomona. Was mm-hmm. he two twenty? Who maybe played in the spring on an unsigned senior team? Abs-
5: absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And he's a Division one player. They sure. got to steal him and Bryson and Stevens. We would had both those guys playing in the spring, and I believe I believe highly that both those kids would have got Division one scholarships, being able to remarket themselves in the spring. Another thing that's going on, guys, now, and you guys know this is this transfer portal. And the, the word is is that guys are going to be eligible immediately. And I, and I would assume that uh, with this pandemic, any kids that are coming home from where they're going to school are going to have to be immediately eligible. Just mm-hmm. with this thing going on right now, I mean, that's, that's got to be the thing. And it's going to be chaos, man. And it also hurts the high school kids. So, you know, guys are going to go with older, more proven guys over high school guys. So I don't know if a lot of the kids understand that, but these kids got to understand that, like in high school, you're up against a new monster in this portal.
1: Yeah. Uh, Coach, so what would you like to see happen? Like you said, uh, April and May is a wrap. OK, maybe we get something going in in late June or July. Do you want to see maybe the fall opened up again like it was before in the past?
5: Uh, I, I don't like I, I'll be honest, with you guys, like for me personally, like I like to I, the, the way the calendar sits. Because the, the fall gives the high school guys a chance to do their thing, and I and I'm in tune with all my high school guys, and I want my high school guys to be able to do their thing as well. I I think they should just add the extra periods in July. We do go back to the same July format that we had, either two or three periods in July, and then just gotta scrap the year, man, and hopefully move on to next. I don't I don't think going into September solves much of that. I mean, I know I've been hearing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some event organizers that that would like to have that um possible income. <laughs> but like, you know, that, school's in session already. Like that changes things. People are in, you know, practice and people are doing things in high school and like I just don't like to step in my high school guy space at all. That's yeah. just me personally.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That makes sense. What what uh what kind of steps do you take in Tope to, you know, you know Keep your guys engaged. Um, maybe give them some tips on, you know, home workouts they can do. What kind of things are you are you doing within your program to make sure your guys are, are staying on track and staying, you know, in shape as much as possible?
5: The beautiful thing about the guys that like that we've picked, and I'm fortunate enough that in our program we've never charged any kids, so we have we have the you know the right. We we've, we've handpicked our kids, and most of our kids are so motivated on their own like you know like right now i'm going through with onyeka because onyeka is going to put his name in this draft and you know like it's 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 an awesome thing uh he wasn't on any draft boards early and he just played his ass off all year and then is that is that pc in this can i can i say that word yes
0: yeah played, yep, play, played his
5: ass off can i say that yep yeah okay yeah <laughs> so he played his ass off all year and like that's it, the good thing about this for me is is that we have some kids that are going through transitions like onyeka um I think Timmy Allen is going to test, even though it doesn't mean he's not may not go back to school. But I can spend a lot of time with those kids on the phone and getting them ready and trying to figure out what their next step is um, now that this AAU thing is not going. Um, our high school kids, um, most of those kids are pretty motivated. I mean, you know, I think that most of them are like they, they, they aspire to be the best. And when you have those type of kids in your program, like it doesn't take much of your motivation. You know, we're doing most of the stuff that I'm doing, my role right now is the recruitment.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Ron, you got anything else? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously your program has been built to the level it is now. And and what advice would you give to a program or to maybe somebody out there in the industry that's like they're not gonna be able to recover exactly the same from this? You know, um, like you said, it's gonna hurt a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hurt some. You know, so you know what? What would you tell somebody that called you for some advice, and I'm sure they want to call you if they haven't already in the next couple months. You know, what what would you tell somebody? Hey, obviously, besides to try to keep them positive, but like you know, what advice would you have for them?
5: I will tell you this, man, and this is the one thing that's going to happen through this, and everyone must. I mean, everyone's got to take a look at this. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the, the article was out on. Under Armour yesterday, and their stock is, like, down 64%. Yeah. And I, I would imagine that it's going to be tough for them to recover in grassroots and their side of things. And actually for both Nike and Adidas as well, I mean, we're going to have to take a look at what makes sense for both those brands. So, like, there's going to be cutbacks in every every space. I mean, yeah. so, guys, I mean, like, you know, the 40 teams at Nike was 32 and ours, 52, was uh, 30, uh, 28. And that's probably going to get decreased with this thing. So now, I mean, you're going to have to make sure that you're doing other things. I mean, this is what this is going to show. It's going to show, like, right now in the dead period when no one's playing basketball, like, what else do you guys do? I mean, can you adjust? I mean, are you on the new thing? Are you on TikTok? You know, are you doing Zoom meetings with your team? I mean, what what are you doing to be different than everybody else? Because at the end of the day right now, a lot of resources are going to be cut in grassroots. And that's just the reality of it at all shoe brands. Yeah. Um, so all these guys that are aspiring to get a shoe deal, and all these guys that are aspiring to get more money. I mean, this is. I mean, you better make sure that you're versatile. You better make sure that you're doing other things. You better make sure that your that your uh, that your that your company and your brand is is tangible in in other areas other than basketball. Um, you know, because when guys sit at the table, because I, I work for Adidas and I'll be at that table when we're discussing who's going to move forward um, you know, it's going to be like a job resume. The guys are going to submit their deck and we're going to look at it and we're going to see like, you know, whose brands have substance yeah. and it's going to be, it's going to be tough for a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys, it's going to go back almost to the old model. I would believe, I really believe that this is going to go back to the old model. Brands are going to have super teams and you know, the rest of everyone else is going to be independent. And
0: that That's what's going to so, happen. Yep. Last thing before we let you get out of here and, uh, Get back to your day um, for the, the under the radar and currently unsigned 2020s and then you know the, the mid tier to lower level 221 kids uh, who aspire to play college hoops, what advice would you give them um, in making sure that they keep you know their resume on the radar of college coaches?
5: Well, you know there's all these different things online and I don't know how much that. I think now that this thing is happening and all the coaches are at home and everyone's um, isolated doing the social distancing thing. I mean, I think now, like more than ever, these guys are probably looking at a lot of that stuff that people are doing online now. Before, when they could go out and see themselves, they probably weren't looking at any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, dudes are probably combing through some guys who they feel are credible. So, you know, as, as visible as you can. I mean, if you have video, if you have good video, try to put it out there, try to get it to, um, you know, guys of influence, like your guys that sell like yourselves or whatever, but it's, gonna be t- it's just going to be tough with this portal, man. The portal with the older kids... Right. Like these kids that in high school, um, I don't know. I don't think they know what they're up against because it's just like, you know, I like a kid. Like I, I have a kid the portal Elijah Harkless right now, who's yeah. a very very good player. He had a thirty point game against Irvine. He averaged a He averaged. Uh, he led the Big West in steals. He's in the portal. Like there's no way that someone's gonna take a high school kid over Elijah Harkless. Right. There's no right. way. I mean, he's gonna be a hot commodity. And all these guys, the kid from Seattle just committed to Arizona yesterday. I mean, like, this is the portal, and it's crazy. And more kids are entering that thing, too. So for all you guys that are in those classes in high school, be realistic with yourself. This, It's, it's, it's sad because in a perfect world, in a normal world, you might have been able to really re-market yourself. In this world, it's going to be really tough. So don't stick your nose up to D2s. Don't stick your nose up to D3s. Don't stick your nose up to JUCO. Don't stick your nose up to any of those places because... You might need some of those options come late.
0: No doubt. Makes sense. Tope, we appreciate you taking the time, man.
5: No worries. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: As always, Ronnie, great stuff
5: from
1: A-Tope. Uh, yeah, he's going to cause it as he sees it. Yeah. And I think the, the two main takeaways, like he said, teams are going to be cut at certain levels. They're not going to have the same budgets that they had before. I think that makes sense. And – Obviously we haven't touched on it too too much but yeah the transfer portal every time i look on twitter that's all i see yeah. I, i'm not even paying attention to all of it but I, I do see it and i'm just like okay yeah there goes another 220 or 221 guy that screwed no chance
0: right and it and it's like it's like atob said if if the NCAA does pass uh, that initiative where they're going to be immediately eligible yeah uh that, that's a whole other game changer because not only are college coaches going to uh, take that you know that first transfer, but you can get another grad transfer or other transfer who's going to be immediately eligible. That takes two spots away from a potential for a 2020 or
1: 2021 player, right? And, and that makes sense, Devin, because think about it. If they didn't do that, everybody and their mom would be saying, I need a, a hardship waiver. I need to be eligible. My mom lost her job. Yeah. Why even deal with thousands of those requests? Just make everybody else—they're not,
0: they're not going to because they're not gonna—they're not gonna pile their their staff with yeah. paperwork and all these things to to vet and check yeah. out for yeah. all for hardship waivers. Um, yeah. They're just gonna be like for yeah. for one year or two years or the foreseeable future. They're just gonna be like you know we're gonna do this immediately as well. When when things calm down, the NCAA will probably go back to the to the you know sit one out. sit out. Yeah. 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 But for, for now with with the pandemic and people moving around so much, they're gonna pass some sort of, of uh, uh, wrinkle here that is gonna make these kids eligible immediately for for next year. even if, if there's even a season for next year, we don't yeah. even know if that's what that's gonna look like, right? Yeah
1: assume yeah, so, you assume there is because yeah. again yeah. I think is Devin in the fall we get okay, especially you know, I spent some time in Vegas. LA is going to be eighty degrees here in three weeks, you know. Vegas will be eighty-five to ninety degrees in a, a matter of a couple of weeks. You assume in the summer people are going to get sick less, less flus going around. But then, what's going to happen come November if we don't have a vaccine? Again. You know what I mean? We're we're up this shit again. Yeah. Like, Good. You know, I mean, where, like you said, where do we go from here? So, as Coach Thornton said from Vegas Elite, we just don't know. Obviously I think uh, everybody has their different personalities and their different outlooks but they all basically said the same thing you got to make what bet- best of it and you got to be realistic and I think A Tope made the second big point is be real with yourselves don't put your nose up to g 2s we've said that on many pods before oh, now. yeah yeah we yeah. keep re- repeating that don't think you're hot shit you're going high level when you go to a D2 practice and you'll be like whoa these guys can really <laughs>
0: That's what I'm saying. It's just like a lot of these kids, it's a D one or bust um world right now from in all sports, really, right? I mean, yeah. football's like it, basketball's like it. I'm not sure a whole lot of you know what baseball's all about. That recruiting's different. There's more spots, there's less scholarship money, so it's a little different. But basketball, football, it's all D one or bust. Um, but like you said, you go to a, a Cal Poly Pomona practice, you go to a, a Fullerton junior college practice, you go to um, I mean, uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills practice. Right. They're they're getting really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. You think you're just going to walk in, a high school player going to walk in this San Francisco City College's practice and just dominate? Like, no. It ain't happening.
0: No, you they know? got, like, yeah. you look at San Francisco City College, they had a, a D1 Pac-12 bounce back in, in Miles Norris, yeah. who is now going to UC Santa Barbara. And yeah. you think, you know, Johnny... Smith, from, yeah, yeah, it's from from I don't know, yeah, you know, the Valley High School is gonna go out to San Francisco City and bust some ass. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You got some real legit high level players at those those levels, and uh, good coaching, uh, educational opportunities are, are high there as well.
1: And you're not spending a bunch of money, and you're you yeah, know, exactly. You're, so I, you know, you still feels for some kids that go to walk on places. They really don't know what they're getting. Their parents are coming out of pocket or they're taking out loans. They don't get on scholarship later. Obviously, the hope is to get on scholarship, but they don't do that. So what are they doing, Devin? They're bouncing back. Yeah. Obviously. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. It's kind of this – I think this um, pandemic and, you know, how it's changed recruiting, it's kind of spotlighted. Um, What I say a lot, Ronnie, is, you know, a lot of these kids are just going to too high of levels. Um, And and that's why we see – uh, you know, so many bounce backs and transfers of guys who are averaging like two points a game. Yeah. After school, it's like you're coming off the bench, you're averaging two points a game and you're transferring. It's like, so you're transferring to a lower level, right? Because clearly you couldn't hack it at, at that level you were at. Correct. So you, you better be transferring to a lower level, not trying to move up. Like I get like Terrell Gomez from Cal State Northridge. He just uh, grad transfer committed to San Diego State. But he's one of the best players in the Big West, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But you have these other guys who average two to three points a game yeah. on a run-of-the-mill D1 team, and they're transferring again to a D1. It's like what you're making a lateral movement. like Yeah.
1: How is that? What is that doing for you? And like you said, Terrell Gomez and like Top's point, Terrell Gomez is probably – again, I'm not just doing the quick math. He might be 21 years old right now. Right, he's, he's a grown man. 22. He ain't going right. to your butt. He's going to – He's easy. He's a, he's a that monster. Coach, that coach is going to put him in before your walk on ass. Oh, no doubt. Right. Come on. People, like we said throughout the theme of this episode 61 is to be realistic. And now with the COVID-19, you got to be even more realistic. Uh, be smart with money, make things last, uh, be sharp on the computer. Coaches are home. Like Atop said, uh, uh, you know, throw me, me. Now they're now they have time to look at their emails a little bit. Yeah, you know, now they have time to answer some of their texts. Uh, very important time because there's going to be a couple months of that. You know, we're here in early April. This is going to go at least until the end of to mid to end of May that we're going to be basically at home working uh, most right. of the American workforce. Right, it's right. Essential.
0: One of the things that that popped into my head when you were just talking about, you know, coaches now looking at emails, you know, being able to respond to text messages more because they have more time. Um, if, if, you, if you're communicating with a, a D3 or D2 NAI or JUCO coach, um, and you in your heart of heart believe you're a Division one player, don't not respond to those coaches because you never know when you may need, you know, that D2 coach who is trying to recruit you or that D3 yeah. coach trying to recruit you. Those guys can help you whether you're, you know, you go to D one and you bounce back, or yeah. something crazy like this, pandemic happens and you're looking for a landing spot because you lost out on, you know, potential exposure opportunities. You don't want to, um, you know, not respond to a, a coach because you think it's a level beneath you. Keep those relationships open. Uh, make sure you keep that dialogue going. Be respectful to those coaches because, man, you never know when you're going to need them.
1: Yeah. And as we see the transfer portal and as we see the coaches, a lot of people don't pay attention to this. I would another big uh, point of emphasis I would see would be to tell parents and high school players to follow coaching changes. Coaches change where they're going to. They change colleges a lot, especially at the lower levels. Moving up, moving down. Like you said, you don't want to burn them.
4: Right.
0: I think, Ronnie, our final guest popped in. uh, Todd Wolfson, head coach at St. Francis High School. Coach, we got you.
4: We, I am here. I am here. Congratulations to you, man, on the on the wedding.
0: Oh, dude, I I wasn't gonna bring that up because I'm I'm trying to get through this quarantine without getting divorced. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> She's seen me for more. That would more. Be a, you, you have a wedding and a divorce in the same quarantine,
0: huh? Hey, man. I mean, you know, this is a once Might <laughs> as well make it a once in a lifetime situation. <laughs>
4: That's awesome. Congrats to you, man. That's awesome. awesome. Appreciate,
0: it. Appreciate it, coach. Um, you guys had a had a great season, uh, 30 wins, uh, D2 SoCal regional final. Um, but, you know, you weren't able to test yourselves in that D2 championship against Weston Ranch. Um, yep. How did your guys handle that? And, um, you know, what did you do to kind of help them through um, losing that opportunity?
4: You know, at first, you know, I kind of talked about a little bit at first. We were a little selfish. You know, um, it was about us and why we couldn't get there and why we couldn't play and um you know, it was all about us and what we got taken from us and then we kinda realized the bigger scheme of it and uh how many people are gonna be affected by this. You know, sports is only a small portion of people's lives and uh you know how many how many people are gonna are gonna unfortunately pass and, and uh the families are gonna be affected and financial stuff's gonna be affected and then we kinda just looked at all the all the good stuff we accomplished and that's all we could do. You know, yeah. best 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 team in school history, um, leading scorer in school history, most wins in school history. Um, I can name another ten other things we did accomplish. So we just decided to just let's just focus on the things we did do and not the stuff that we couldn't do.
0: Yep. you're graduating, obviously Andre Henry, um, you know, yep. one of the top players in 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 the state, going to UC Irvine. But you have three other unsigned seniors that I can think of off the top of my head who are all you know guys who can contribute somewhere at the next level. Um, yep but they kind of lost out on that opportunity to get an extra layer of exposure in a, in a, in a big time game. Um, are you yep. taking steps to try and, you know, help them get to that next level and reach out to college coaches or whatnot, or give them advice on how they can take their recruitment into their own hands?
4: Yep. You know, we've been, I've been on the phone all morning, you know, with coaches trying to trying to just navigate through a couple of these guys situations and help them, um you know it 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 works on both on both facets you know they also haven't had a time to to see our guys and and also my guys haven't had time to see the schools I know we had had a kid that was supposed to be at a an official visit this weekend um this past weekend and obviously that that didn't take place so we did a virtual virtual tour and um you know everyone's just trying to find ways to, to to make this work and unfortunately you know we can always look at ourselves as poor us and woe is me and start feeling sorry for ourselves or we can say, you know what, we got to adapt and this is the way life might be for a little bit until we get the situation figured out and, and what's the best we can do as a as a person in a program to, to make this the best situation we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What what steps are you taking to kind of keep your other, you know, your returning guys engaged mm-hmm. in the program um, from, you know, Zoom or whatever it may be mm-hmm. to, you know, help them navigate not only the, the pandemic, but also, you know, yep. what, back from them if we return to high school basketball in, in June, maybe.
4: Yep. We're just, you know, keep an eye on workouts. You know, we did individual meetings with, with a lot of guys and, um, you know, we're going to touch base with everybody every two weeks, just to kind of keep an idea of where they're at and make sure they're working and not eating Tubbs ice cream every night, and, you know, you know, doing something, um, physical, you know, just trying to keep an eye on them. We've, we've done a 2k tournament, you know, we've, we've had with our program and, um, uh, we're actually starting one, um, the next couple of days, we actually have 16 high schools signed up to do a, uh, myself and JJ Prince from Viewpoint have organized the tw- uh, NBA 2K20 tournament oh,
0: nice. um, with
4: 16 programs from like St. John Bosco and Windward. And so we've decided to send it to everybody and we're going to try to just make the best of the situation and keep keep tabs on our guys. And, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, I type in YouTube and home workouts and send them to our guys and dribbling workouts at home. And, um, you know, but I think it's more the mental style we're trying to keep our guys engaged with.
1: That makes sense, Ronnie. Hop in here, Coach. Um, obviously, I'm sure you followed a little bit of Sheldon's situation the weekend before, when mm-hmm. it was supposed to be the scheduled state tournament, and that was on um, the seventh. They were supposed to play on Saturday the seventh. Now, right. at
4: that point
1: right. I'm going into that Monday the ninth. Did you kind of look at it like, and maybe with regards to what you didn't tell your players or anything, like, did you kind of figure like this whole thing is on on the clock already? Or we, did you just think it kind of broke crazy once the Rudy Gobert situation happened, and then the games were canceled at at the Golden One? You know what what was your what was going through your mind, or what you know yeah. what were you thinking of, of of those early in the week?
4: Yeah, yeah. you know it was tough because it's you know we had a meeting with our like administration um, and and talked about you know well what's what's going on here you know what what's the deal, and as a coach you really only can move forward you know there's really not you know I can't sit there and say. Well, if it doesn't go, then, we'll, you know, we'll just sit here and wait and see. You know, we got to book hotel rooms and we got to secure vans and we got to, you know, get places to shoot and walk through. I mean, we have to kind of plan ahead, unfortunately. And then we still, you know, you you, you have that ray of hope, like this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. We started getting word that we're not going to have fans there. Um, you know, that was, that was the next step. And then all of a sudden the NBA got shut down. And I'm, in my mind, I knew we were done because um, I'm figuring, how can they play an NBA game the night before? i sorry, not playing an NBA game the night before and then have a high school game the next day. Right. I'm like, there's no way that's gonna happen. I mean, that doesn't make logical sense. And if someone got it and transferred it to their grandparents who passed away or something, the the, the legal ramifications would be ridiculous. So, um, I I kind of knew it was gonna happen, and then we had that that phone call with CIF State um, on Thursday, or sorry, Wednesday, um, and got that phone call, and when they finally decided to, to go ahead and shut it down. And, uh, unfortunately, we, we, we were going to leave that day. So we had – I walked in to talk to our guys. They had all their, their suitcases and backpacks and, you know, food packed. And it was it was a tough – it was a tough go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Coach, as this school year, obviously now spring sports are canceled across uh-huh. the state and across the country, really. School districts yeah. shut down. Um, have you heard anything about your, from your school's administration of, like, what they – may do this summer and like even opening up school in the fall or is it just all on
2: hold
4: everything's kind of on hold right now i know our school is doing a great job in communicating with not only ourselves uh teachers and and and, and faculty but with the students and they're kind of just taking it on a two-week basis so every kind of two weeks they're making a decision for the next two weeks um they don't want to make any rash decisions and say we're closed or we're not going to have this or we're not going to have that we're just going to go two weeks at a time and kind of play it by ear. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. Um, they have, you know, with CIF, you know, being, uh, the spring sports, um, you know, they're now starting to focus on summer and what we can do summer wise and, um, talking about maybe dead periods being canceled or even having a summer at all. Um, you know, but our school's doing a good job of kind of just communicating that in a, in a two week basis. And, you know, I know our football coach is starting to get a little panicked and, you know what's going to happen with with summer football, and you know, unlike basketball, you got to you got to hit early, and you got to do a lot of physical stuff early in order to prepare. Basketball, you still have to, but not as much. I'd say you know physical preparation as as per se football. So things are getting kind of interesting now and in trying to figure out and navigating. I know yesterday they said the MLB was going to try to aim for May with starting games, and I think I think high schools and I think uh, people around the country are going to start to follow the professional sports in terms of a time frame that seems to be a good gauge on, on where things are going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Coach, we, we've asked all our guests to kind of, you know, give some advice to whether it's an unsigned senior or uh, mm-hmm. an under the radar junior, you know, who may not yep. have any exposure opportunities and how they can, you know, market themselves to a potential college program. What, what would you say to somebody who asked you that?
4: Um, you know, I think, I think there's a two part answer. I think part of it is, uh, you know, a lot of times in the last, Years high school coaches have complained about the AAU coaches. You know, they're they're doing this wrong and they're they're not doing my guy right. And you know, they're they're playing him at the at the at the three. He's a one. And you know, um all those complaints today, you guys. Well, now he to say it. High school coaches is back on us. You know, if we don't have AAU, you know, you got to sell your guy, and it's time to put up. You know, if you think you can get your guy to a college, and you know, you you want to, to to bash the AAU guys, which I know you know I don't say bash, but you know. Talk, talk about that. I think it's time to, for the high school coaches to do their part. Um, so you know, and I, I know a lot of high school coaches that I've talked to are really on the phone and trying to get their guys and showing them high school film, which I think is personally better, um, and trying to get these guys places to go and, 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 and things to see. I've encouraged my guys to make some highlight films for themselves and send them over to me and I can get them out to some coaches and make some mixtapes and use... The second point is to use their social media. You know, I know social media can be a negative a lot of times, but it's also a great positive I mean, if, it's, if it's used right. So to use that social media, get yourself out there, get your name out there, you know, get get your image out there and start communicating with coaches. And I know a lot of times people will say, you know, uh, social media is bad and coaches don't really look at it, but we all know coaches look at social media. So um, get get all your stuff out there and just try to get as much exposure as you can.
0: We're gonna we're gonna see Coach Wilson Ronnie uh with some ball as life gear and a and a and a camera in his hand uh when basketball gets started on the baseline <laughs> so he can he can <laughs>
4: Man, man. I don't know about all that but but uh no go ahead.
0: We we appreciate your time, man. We'll let you get back to it. Um wishing the best for you and your family in this time. Thank you. No, folks. thank
4: you, and thank you guys for what you do. I like I like how you guys put a cool little light on high school sports and and promote guys and programs. It's, it's it's nice and refreshing to see. So I appreciate that from from a, from a high school coach's standpoint.
0: Thanks, sir. Talk Thanks. to you soon.
4: All Thanks, right, you. guys. Talk to you. Bye.
1: Devin.
0: Yeah, I uh, wanted to get I wanted to get coach's perspective on you know you know being that a team preparing to get ready to go to a state championship game on that Wednesday, they have to get that call and he has to go in and talk to his team about you know we're not going to play the state championship game. That's tough.
1: Yeah, that's is definitely tough because for that team too, it's not like it's a coronation, you know, like um, a Sierra Candy who honestly yeah. expects to be there. There's like, a one in a lifetime. To, yeah. yeah, they have to recover from losing in the sectional to like now they're playing good again. They recovered and now they want a good chance to play at Golden One Center. And then you see a game in the NBA canceled. You know, most adults are like, "This ain't gonna happen." Right, and After what the situation happened across the country. Like in New York, uh the, the diocese for the Catholic League finals, which includes you know Archbishop Stepanak, a and, nationally and ranked team. First they were gonna have it at Christ the King. So that got canceled. So I was like, okay, the games are canceled at Christ the King. So you know Geico's not gonna be there three weeks later, you know, because it's normally there. So then they're like, we're gonna play tomorrow at another location with no fans. And we're like, I'm like, okay. So now we're with no fans. And then the next day goes, We're canceling completely. So yeah. like, it just snowballed down. So uh, I think that's what we're all ultimately going to remember this season for just how all that transpired within about a week's time. Everything changes when that NBA situation happened with the Oklahoma city thunder and with the Sacramento Kings uh, that like changed everything in sports. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it then started changing everything in everybody's uh, daily, daily routine. So uh, here we are now early April and we're all dealing with it. And I think that, uh, you know, there's gonna be some good silver lining to come out of this, Devin. Uh obviously some bad things. Obviously, the country will open back up uh, you know, at some point. Some people are gonna lose their jobs, unfortunately, and they're not coming back. Well, others are gonna find out other things they do well, have to like create other streams of revenue. And then also, uh, as Coach Payne and a couple other people mentioned, like you have to be good at some other some something else. Like mm-hmm. can't just put all your eggs in the basket of why oh, I run this AAU team. Okay, well, there's no money to be raised. What do you? What else are you doing, you know? And yeah. similar things with a high school kid, from their point of view, like you can only play Fortnite and NBA K too much. Like, dude, you got to send some emails. You got to make a highlight tape that works well. You got to introduce yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, hi, my name is, you know, Dominique Harris. I live and go to Rancho Christian. Hi, my name is, you know, Malik Thomas. I go to Damien High School, whatever the case may be. You know, like these guys really have to, Put themselves out there not not necessarily those two kids but i just use them as an example
0: no yeah no for sure that makes sense um yeah you mentioned you know video games my wife let me get a ps4 to try and get through this man i'm on that thing all night she's she is so pissed that we, we bought yeah. that I all these games i'm just sitting
1: there with my headphones on <laughs> as you should i mean you know like again you can see things that are important and it's like everybody's like i, I just thought it was something funny i seen a lot of people like hey, I'm about to throw out all my DVDs and my movies, like my DVD cassette, you know, the, yeah. the cassette case. I wasn't Frank. What happens if your internet goes down you tards? Like, <laughs> <laughs> movies, you know? <laughs> People don't realize how much they're relying on, like, technology, you know? Yeah. Like, they're like, well, should I throw away all these movies? They're all streamed." I'm like, eh. And the day your internet goes down, then what? Yeah. You know, it's funny how much everything's intertwined and, um, how we we're, were even able to do this in the paint show here, you know, kind of uh, remotely and hopefully we can, we can get in the office and do some from the office and, and like, here's a good thing. A good thing came out of this. Like we said, we would have never done this remotely if it wasn't for COVID-19. So, you know, something good came out of it. So there's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Right, yeah. You, you, something good will come out of this for hopefully everybody. Obviously, um, it's going to be a tough couple months but we're going to keep people engaged in, in basketball as much as we can.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest, you know, takeaway from this podcast that, you know, not only um, independent club operators can take and, you know, uh, high school basketball prospects can take is learn a new skill. Learn how to create your own mixtape. Learn how to use social media properly. Like you said, Ronnie, learn a basic email format whether you're t- sending it to a coach or to a family member. Uh, put all the pertinent information in there, uh, you know, uh, take this time to work on your game at home. If yeah. you know, the park down the street hasn't taken the rims off, you know, I live right by Square park, Ronnie, and they have the old school uh, double rims, which yeah. those are all gone They're, They took them off. So you can't, you can't hoop at Square park, but you know, if you have a park by your house and you know, no one's there and you're working on social distancing and you're keeping that six feet, go shoot on a double rim with no net. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to, That'll help you when you get back in the gym. That'll help you be like, damn, I can make any shot in this gym because I went, you know, ten for fifteen from the corner three uh, on a rim with no net. That's a double rim. So yeah. there's a lot of positives that can be taken from this. Um, and we hope you guys, you know, took the time to to listen in and heed the advice of uh, our four really, really, um, you know, in tune, qualified. Yeah. qualified guests. Um, but until next week, Ronnie, unless you got anything to add, I think this is a good place to to call it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we covered a lot. Obviously, we'll go over a little bit kind of what you touched on, Devin. I hope to do that on the next one or the following one, bring on some guys that really would want to talk about how great their high school team is because I think that's the takeaway from this team and this season is nationally. Um, Montverde was a step above everybody and I think Without Geico, no other team got to prove how great they could have been. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just going to be a coronation, and and Montverde was going to roll them. But maybe not. So I think that's always going to be something we'll 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 uh, we'll we'll wonder about. And then, like I said, if you know Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and and Dayron Sharp are ten year pros, then I think people are going to look back and see, you know, wow, that was a pretty dominant team. So yep, that's about it.
0: Cool. I'll take us out, Ronnie, um, for episode 61 of the In the Paint show. We appreciate you guys listening in. Make sure uh, to get all the In the Paint show updates and to listen to past episodes. You check us out on various streaming platforms, whether it's uh SoundCloud, uh Apple Podcasts or Spotify where we should be on all of those and everything should be up to date. Make sure you guys download the Ball is Life app because um you know we post it on there as well and you can get a an immediate notification of when the latest episode of the Independent the Show is live. But until next week, it's Ronnie and Devin signing off.